Welcome to Events Heist, the podcast game show about post-COVID events and the event managers that run them. In today's episode, you're going to hear from Hannah and Mitch. Hannah is the event manager at Fitbox. She talks about a hilarious war story involving a hangover and a septic tank. She also shares her expertise in sporting events. Mitch is the event coordinator at Max Events. Hear him talk about his fresh graduate experience and finding a job during COVID in the event space. He also shares a memorable experience he had during the Australian Open. So Hannah, you've rolled a five. All right, Hannah, tell us a bit about uh, how long you've been in the event space. Wow, I've been working in events now for ooh, over eight years, I guess. I've worked in a heap of sport, um, done some concerts, a heap of stuff, really. Um, I was a late starter to the industry because I didn't go into it straight out of school. Um, started in uni doing journalism, of all things, and realized that I didn't really like it. Um, floated around for a bit and then kind of just lucked into getting an internship with an amazing company. And yeah, things kicked off from there. All right, Mitch, you wrote a five. Perfect. We're in the same spot. I'm joining you, Mitch. <laughs> so Mitch, uh, how many events have you been involved in in your professional career? Oh, well, I'm a little bit different to Hannah. I've only sort of just freshly started in many ways. Um, coming out of uni at the end of 2019, a couple of years ago now. So I'm a COVID graduate is probably what's going to be wow. going forward. What, but what a time to, to get into the event. That's, uh, that's, that's rough. Yeah. As you can imagine, it was pretty tough going <laughs> early days. Um, but yeah, obviously working with Max Events now, it's been great fun, done a whole lot of stuff over the past couple of months. Okay. How many you brought a two? Oh, uh, no. same, same question to you. How many events do you estimate you've been involved in your professional career? Like certainly not hundreds, like Mitch suggested. <laughs> um, gosh, if I was going to, I would probably estimate, I guess the bulk of my career was in major events. So the frequency of them was much lower. We maybe did say six a year for the first seven. I'm going to say less than a hundred, probably around the 60 to 70 mark, maybe. Mitch, you wrote a three. Thanks, Elaine. Not competitive. <laughs> Not at all. What made you decide to go and study uh, or to get into events? Because you were saying you just graduated in 2019. What, uh, what made you go into, the, into this industry? Yeah, it's actually sort of halfway through my degree because I did a double degree in sports science and business sports management. So about halfway through, um, I started focusing more on the business side of sport. And then I guess in my final year, I did an events management subject and the teacher is currently the operations lead at the Big Bash League. Um, and she sort of did some or taught some very good stuff. And I learned a lot from her in that class and developed a bit of a passion for it there. And then sort of networked with her a little bit and got to know a bit more about what she does. And nowadays I'm a uh, a very passionate events person i'm working in max events which works with various different sporting clubs across the country so we get to do a lot of different cool stuff tell me about the first event you remember organizing i'll go with professionals and it wasn't necessarily that i organized it solely but the first event i interned on will forever sit in my memory because it was a concert for a band that i loved as a kid growing up so we were doing a support concert for 
the V8 Supercar Gold Coast race. And it happened to feature Good Charlotte, who to this day I still love and adore. And I got that first like, oh my God moment, watching them sound check and me standing in front of the barrier in front of the stage and just looking out at these guys. But no one else in the venue is just me standing there on the grass going, I'm never going to forget this moment. Tell me what you love and or hate about events. What do I love about it? Um, I guess in my space, I love match days more so than anything, probably, you know, getting to be out on the field in and amongst it um, with the headset on, relaying information back and forward. That's probably the most enjoyable thing that I'm experiencing at the moment in my role. What's your favorite post-event junk food, drink or de-stressing event? weirdo i feel like i eat all my junk food in event week and then by the end of the event i'm craving vegetables oh wow <laughs> i'm gonna ask you the same question post-event junk food drink de-stress activity a recent one for me actually has been guzmani gomez um mm. there's sort of a new store that's popped up on the way home and it's just like you know 11 o'clock at night 12 mm. o'clock at night on the way home after a match day you just can't not turn off and go and get some Guzmani Gomez. So I have been delving into some burritos recently <laughs> on the way home. So what do you love or hate about events? Gosh, I'm probably going to echo the same as Mitch in terms of the, the hate aspects. I think the, the life-work balance can sometimes become very tricky because it's an industry where a lot of passionate people exist and therefore it's easy to overextend um, and sort of get a little bit lacking of balance. What I love about the industry, honestly, I think it's, I genuinely feel like it's an honor to be given the faith by people who attend events that their time can't be reinvested in any other way. So I feel like the, the burden of that responsibility quite heavily, but really I consider it a privilege. Have you met any celebrities on the job and what were they like? Rubbing shoulders with the likes of Steve Smith on different match days, um, has been pretty cool. It's sort of a cool story around him is that um, working for the Stars one day, they played the Sixers at the MCG. Um, after one of the games, I was fortunate enough to grab a, a stress ball, as, as they like to call, um, from him. And I decided to pass that on to someone into the crowd. Um, and when I did that, you know, you go up to the fence, everyone gets excited because they know that you've got a stress ball and that it's signed by someone, but they don't know who. So all of a sudden I, I'm handing it to this little girl who's probably, you know, seven, five or seven. Um, and I go, now listen to me very carefully. This ball is signed by Steve Smith. And then all of a sudden everyone around you is just going <gasps> and takes in that deep breath of like, oh my God, how lucky are you? Um, and that's probably one of my most memorable experiences in terms of working at a sporting event. Describe the moment the that, you knew, that you knew COVID was going to turn the industry upside down. March 13th, 2022. I remember it clear as day. Yeah. yeah. 100%. You, know the date, you know the exact date and time so yeah tell us about it yeah I remember sitting in the office with the team that I was working with um, at the time we were working on a track cycling event that was meant to be held in Brisbane although I was working out of Melbourne and that was the day in the press conference that they announced that the 500 packs capacity was coming into events and I knew that second that I had lost my job Damn. and yeah it was it was not a great day for all of us. I was a contractor, to be fair. Um, look, the employer was absolutely brilliant, doing everything they could to keep us on. Um, but this was such early days that it was predating JobKeeper. So mm. we were laid off 
well in advance of the travel industry getting shut down. Talk me through when you graduated and then going into an industry that was just like in turmoil. Like what, tell, me, tell me a bit about that. End of 2019, I graduated uh, in February, 14th of February, I had my graduation ceremony. And two days after that, I actually flew out to Europe for a little bit of a holiday. Um, so <laughs> that obviously, as you can imagine, didn't last long because COVID hit, as Hannah said, you know, sort of March over here. So I was actually escaping countries and, you know, jumping border closures, um, international border closures over in Europe for sort of a month's time, ended up making my way back home in, oh, I think it was the 20th of March or something like that. Um, and then obviously came back to basically a non-existent, not only event, but just like world in some ways where, you know, lots of things were closed. Everything was locked down. What industries have you done events for and what was your favorite? I, I could rattle off the list of sports I've worked in. <laughs> um, so let's see. So there's car racing and motorcycle racing. I've done some swimming, rugby league. Then there's concerts and festivals, road racing, mass participation running. Um, and now I'm more in the fitness and gym space. So yeah, um, favorite. Ooh, mm. It's hard to say. I mean, there's, there's not a lot at the level of passion when it comes to fans compared to motorsport. I think two and four wheels that I've worked in, the fans around that space is what makes those events very special. And that's just like, next level like I love footy as well myself but motorsport fans are something else so so tell me about the most stressful event that uh, you've been involved in Australian Open purely just because of the timing of the event mm. in terms of it being you know just you know Melbourne had sort of just coming out of lockdown where it was you know we were in a really tricky spot um, and then all of a sudden we did go into lockdown back in Melbourne but the Australian Open was still running and to sort of, you know, look at the media around that event and sort of what was happening in that space and then, you know, be able to still go to work at that event was very, you know, interesting to some extent. And then also the parameters around it in terms of, you know, the zones that were implemented and, you know, the safety precautions around the event as well. Like that's probably the most stressful event in terms of, you know, making sure you're doing everything right so that, you know, you weren't that one person who all of a sudden had a case at the Australian Open because obviously that would have just been an absolute nightmare yeah. and an absolute, you know, chaos for the event. So that's probably the most stressful one I've had. Uh, tell me about your fantasy event. So we, um, we in Australia have a, an event, a semi-final event that qualifies to the international games. Um, and it's run out of Brisbane by a couple of guys who do a phenomenal job. And I was lucky enough to do some experience working with them a couple of months ago uh, on that event. And they set an incredibly high bar. Like it's amazing. Um, but should the chance ever come to have a second one of those in our market, I would love, love to be involved in that. So that's kind of linking up my experience and my passion and my personal interests altogether kind of thing. I think awesome. Melbourne would be a great place for it. Yeah, I'm going to ask you the same one. Fantasy event, no limitations to budget, venue, subject, nothing. Just fantasy, pure fantasy event. I think with what we've seen with hubs recently, if you can get some sort of, you know, all-star series, whether it's football five-a-side, whether it's NBA, um, you know, that sort of style of event, I think that would be incredible. You know, having like 
Lionel Messi team up with Ronaldo, team up with Mbappe in a five-on-five football tournament. I think that would be kind of amazing. (laughs) Yeah. None of you hit a manhole yet. That's that's like very rare. Now when we do, it's because you've jinxed us. I was about to say, (laughs) I'm rolling next and there's two in front of me. (laughs) You you do know the number one rule of events, right? No, I I don't know the number one rule. So yeah, explain it to me. You are never allowed to say on an event site that the radios are quiet. The radios are quiet, as in like there's no disasters like, oh, happening right radio's now. Radio is really quiet. Like, is yeah. It? yeah, exactly. Nothing. <laughs> don't say it out loud. Gotcha. Something will gotcha. go wrong if you say that. <laughs> See, I've never done live events, so that's not something I'm familiar with. So, uh, what is your emergency kit during an event? Always an extra muesli, muesli bar, just in case. You know, don't want to get hangry on an event day. That's that's never a good look. See, it's hard because, you know, normally there's a lot of stuff provided by stadiums. So for me, it's kind of like, well, if I ever need anything, I can always ask. So, um, you know, always take the USB hard drive computer just in case anything goes wrong on the day. You can always, you know, have the backups ready. Hannah's go, you've got a four. There you go. Oh, see, that's that's the game. That's the that's the game I remember. So if you could have an event pet right can be real imagine it doesn't matter like any event pet that's going to help you during an event what would it be i'm a huge dog person i warn people that hannah with dogs is not the normal hannah i, I love dogs how are, how are sporting events coping and, and what are they doing you know we're definitely the seeing, event space yeah we're definitely seeing a lot of sports teams clubs pivot a lot recently especially you know um especially in Melbourne, like we work a lot with Melbourne Victory at the moment and, you know, they were meant to have their players um, best and fairest MVP night Mm. and that unfortunately couldn't go ahead because we're in lockdown and it's like, well, they can't in some ways not have the event um, because obviously they still want to celebrate the year that was and, and, you know, reward the players who had great seasons. So what's the next best alternative? All right, let's do it virtually and, you know, recorded in a studio to some extent and you know have a have a link go out to all the people who would have been invited and and they can jump on and watch it live sort of thing okay hannah uh your lifelining lifelining oh you, you're lifelining okay you go, okay Heck wait yeah <laughs> if you watched a movie or tv show read a book that would be interesting to other event profs but now i'm going to ask that <laughs> to mitch just because i only saw it recently and i am a bit of a marvel nut um, so I'm going to take this a little bit more personal and fun as opposed to serious, but I did recently go and see Scarlett Johansson in Black Widow. Um, and, you know, as a Marvel nut, of course, I loved it. Um, so I would highly recommend and encourage anyone who isn't a Marvel nut to go out and watch all 20 movies, I think it is now, 20 plus movies, um, and get right into it because, you know, I'm a bit of a superhero fan, so I'm not afraid to say that I very much enjoyed that movie. Yeah, what's your take on the virtual events, virtual events, hybrid events in, in the sporting area? Yeah, well, I mean, I've seen a bit of it in sport, but I'm currently working in, I guess, a bit more of the corporate space. So okay. in my current role, with rolling out um, a government-funded project, which will include a webinar series, which we're delivering online. And I think from that perspective, it's great because being based in Brisbane, we can have participants from regional areas still take part. So in that way, you know, virtual events, it's not new in that regard, but I think everyone's attitude towards them is really what's changed since COVID. Um, and that makes it really a better thing for us because there's more uptake, there's less hesitancy, there's more trust around delivering stuff online. Do you have any good war stories 
any good event war stories? Not sure if it's a war story per se, but one one experience that I did get to have actually this year, which is you know funny to think about considering the circumstances we're living in now. But um, Anzac Day, we got to go up to Darwin and and help to assist and run the Parramatta Eels Darwin game against the Broncos. From memory, it was. Um, so you know, in terms of war stories, Darwin, you would think in April would be somewhat cool, but I, I tell you, it definitely was not. It was. <laughs> 35 plus degrees and 95 or whatever it was percent humidity Um, so we were quite fortunate I think that some clouds came in a little bit towards the afternoon and we got to sort of be in a little bit of shade even though it wasn't that much cooler it still helped a little bit because in the sun it was yeah not not a lot of fun what's the weirdest food you've ever eaten at an event I don't know if there'd be a weird one I feel like I want to shout out somebody at this point, like not as a weird one, but as a, like a good provider. But I don't think I've ever eaten anything weird. But I will say, Fran Fran the Pizza Man, if you've been to any major event up the East Coast, you will have seen wood-fired pizzas. That man is a gem. He is a gift to society and his pizzas are fantastic. Awesome. <laughs> if you could have an unlimited supply of just one thing during an event, what would it be? Probably not a good thing, but probably snakes, to be honest. I would I would go ham on those. Um, like there's no tomorrow. I uh yeah, and probably not in a good way either. I'd be just constantly having those in my mouth. So, so for our international audience, which many are, <laughs> yeah, can you explain <laughs> can you explain what snakes are? Because Australia <laughs> talking about snakes can be very scary for them. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you got a fair point there. Um they're basically just lollies, I guess. It's probably one way of putting it. Um, but they look yeah. like snakes, which yeah, exactly. which is pretty funny considering <laughs> it's a favorite in Australia, right? <laughs> it's exactly what you want to avoid. Yeah, I think uh, just riding that sugar high throughout the the night or you know day would probably be a good thing in some ways. Do you have any funny, crazy event stories you'd like to share? In the role that I was in, for us, the big day is the day after the event. We're doing bump out. That's the busiest time. And I think from memory, I had rolled in from this after party at about 4 a.m. to be on site at very, very early. Um, I wasn't, I'll just clear out quickly. I was not intoxicated. (laughs) I uh, was definitely on the waters from about one o'clock, but that's all good. And it was a drizzly, coldish day. No, it wasn't cold. It was hot. It was a drizzly hot day, which is exactly what you want with a hangover, isn't it? And I was determined determined that I was not hungover I was going to prove to my block I'm like no I went out I went to the party but it's fine I can do this I've got this and I had it till about 1 p.m and the crash hit like nothing else you could picture about four copies deep at this point my phone rings and it's the boss and he's like hey Han I I have a job I need you to do and I just need you to help us out with this and my response at that point was oh god what is going on um and we have toilet blocks in our events, right? And some of these toilet blocks have tanks and some of them connect directly into the sewer. But when you disconnect the sewer connected toilet from the sewer, you're supposed to put a cap on the end of the thing. Um, and when you don't and somebody accidentally uses that toilet, the stuff oh goes somewhere. Oh. Um, and so I, with a raging hangover, had to go deal with somebody else's poop in the middle of a public park. <laughs> All right. So if you could have any speaker or celebrity at your event dead or alive who would it be i've gotten into a little bit of a podcast recently it's called the high performance podcast and it's done by jake humphrey um 
and he basically just talks to it's based in the uk and he basically talks with people who um had high performance lives in in some ways so some of them come from sport or most of them have come from sport some of them more sort of um businessy as well but um just some of the experiences that he's had he also works for um oh, i'm gonna get this wrong i don't want to say who he works for because i might get it wrong but he commentates um on football over in the uk as well so um he's gotten to meet some really cool people and got to to talk to some really cool people and, and get their insights and stuff like that so to have him at an event and to hear him speak would be pretty cool from my point of view what do you think the future of events looks like in in sporting in australia I think it's it's such a revered institution in Australian culture that the push is to reinstate the norm as quickly as possible. Um, for sure, there would be hybrid elements. Um, I think it would be super cool to see um, AR events in mm. in the sports space. Like it, the economies of scale for that are just a no brainer for me. But I think from a cultural perspective, that's still decades away for us. All right, Mitch, you rolled a nine. Perfect. So when you're at an event, what do you secretly desire the most? <laughs> I think... For, uh, see, yeah, Tell me I'm sometimes, a liar. <laughs> sometimes, not all the time, sometimes. No, I think um, probably fan engagement is probably the one that I thought of straight away. Because I know that like it's been very hard when you know you go to sports recently, especially, and there's capacity caps on crowds and you know you you've got all this stuff planned out that's you know fan engagement involved whether it's quizzes whether it's you know little fun games to showpiece that sort of event in the lead up and to keep fans engaged while you know it's halftime or whatever and you know not being able to get as much feedback from those interactions as you might like just purely because there's not as many people in the stadium as you might normally like to see um, that always makes it difficult and tough, especially when you're expecting to get reactions or to get involvement from the crowd and there just isn't the same take or, or bite, I guess, in some ways. Yeah, I mean, you wrote a fire, so you're going to bounce off the door. Do you use any events jargon in your personal life? Way too much. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you copy. might. I use copy way too much all the time. Yeah. Yep, still to this day. I'm like literally like anyone writes anything and you're like, I don't like that copy. Is that, is that how you no, use it? No, no, no. As in if, no, if, you, if you agree with somebody or they give you a direction. So oh, like, yeah, just, like radio Don't do that. Copy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Copy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell me about eSports, how it's, how it's expanding, like what it looks like globally and how long do you think or what's the penetration here in Australia? I think it's just such a big domain because obviously like, for example, just giving myself an example, right? I grow up obviously playing a bit of sport, you know, wanting to be an athlete. Obviously, you get to a certain age and you realize that's not going to happen. So what's the direct alternative? All of a yeah, sudden, I was five when that happened and I realized it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> but all of a sudden, yeah, you get to a point, you go, okay, what's the next best alternative in some ways to being able to sort of almost feel like you're part of it? And I guess yes. the way that FIFA has done it so well in terms of career mode and being able to, you know, build yourself as a player and you know play for different clubs and stuff it's just that augment augmented reality like we spoke about before where you know you get to experience it but also you're obviously not living it okay so hannah you wrote a five tell me about oh what's your favorite tv show at the moment i'm actually watching sex life right now <laughs> <laughs> i just finished lucifer i was very late to the party on that one 
Um, but yeah, now currently delving into my latest Netflix obsession, which is Sex Lives. Mitch, you wrote a four. If you could give one piece of advice for planning a great sporting event, what would it be? Know your fan. Probably the biggest one, I think, in some ways. I think because obviously across different codes and across different sports, the fans differ, even just across different teams even. Um, so I think the most important thing when sort of building an event doesn't matter what that is in some ways, but is, is to know your fan and know who the, the event is for primarily. Um, Cause obviously there'll, there'll always be people who aren't necessarily your target market who are also going to enjoy that event or be interested in it. All right, Hannah, you wrote a three. And since we're on the hour, you have reached the mint and you are the winner. I want to ask you the same question I asked Mitch at an event, when you're physically there, what do you secretly desire the most? Definitely sleep. A secret sleep. sleep. <laughs> <laughs> almost always sleep <laughs> if, if not like a really comfy pair of shoes um or an, and a supply of coffee like good coffee well look thanks so much so we've hit the hour thanks so much for being guests of events heist it's been great having you on mm-hmm.